Hello, and welcome to the EV Prince series podcast. My name is Victoria Wright, inspirational writer and author of the EV Prince series, a trilogy of books that tells the story of a 40 something woman named Evie Prince who experiences a life altering spiritual awakening. Evie's awakening causes her to question her life and seek answers. As a result, she finds herself in a place that she never thought she would be, single, unemployed, and completely unsure of what to do next. This will not be your usual podcast. In each episode, I will read a chapter, then highlight key reminders that were included to help you, as they have helped me, on your journey of discovery and remembering what you know to be true but have chosen to forget. To learn more about me in the series, please visit www.healingwords.online. Welcome back to Listen Within, a novel of discovery and finding true self. Written and narrated by Victoria Wright. Copyright 2021 by Victoria Wright. Today's episode is Chapter 9, Declare It. It was already Wednesday. Wow, this week was flying by. Colby should be here this morning to look at my furniture, and I still needed to book a moving truck and continue packing. I rolled out of bed and right to the floor, gratefully entering my morning meditation. As I started to clear my mind, I heard, Walk in nature. My initial response was that I had too much to do. But then I stopped myself and trusted that I had the time to take a walk in nature today. Since I was already on the floor, I did my morning stretches to get the blood flowing and the body loosened up. As I rose into my mountain pose, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. It was amazing how different I looked. My skin glowed, and the ever-present bags under my eyes had disappeared. I looked younger, rested, and, dare I say, happy? I declared that today was a good day and that I would enjoy it. As I headed into the kitchen, I grabbed my phone and saw that Matt had texted me, saying he would have final offers by this afternoon. After breakfast, I went back to packing. Colby should be here in about a half an hour. I looked forward to seeing her. I hadn't really made a lot of good friends in Colorado, mostly work associates. Plus, I had traveled so much that I was able to see Riva often, and when I wasn't on the road, all I had wanted to do was be at home and sleep. Had I truly taken advantage of what Colorado had to offer? No. But even if I had done more things, I didn't know if I would have appreciated them. I had gone through much of my life seeing things, but not really seeing anything. I had always been traveling for work, in hotels, in meeting rooms, but I had never given myself the opportunity to be where I was, to experience, and to feel. I was always running, looking at what was next. Living in the present had given me the opportunity to see, feel, and experience more than I ever had. The first half of my adult life was a bit of a blur, but the second half 
would be enlightening. I heard the doorbell ring and saw it was Colby. Opening the door, I gave her a huge hug, almost knocking her over. Wow, that's a hell of a greeting, she commented. How are you doing? I am wonderful, and I am so glad that you're here. Come in, come in. I gestured for her to come inside. Colby walked through the door while saying, Well, I guess this is real. All of your stuff is gone. Not all of my stuff. I was hoping that you would be interested in my kitchen table, chairs, or my bedroom set, or anything else that you see. I don't need anything for the kitchen, but I would love to see your bedroom set. Prior to Dan's death, we updated every other room in the house, but always left our bedroom for last. The kids' needs took precedent. I would love to create a little oasis for myself. Great, follow me. I took Colby's hand and, like an excited little kid, almost dragged her up the stairs to the bedroom. As we walked into my bedroom, I said, Ta-da! Will this work for you? Colby just stopped and stared finally saying, Jeez, Evie, this set is beautiful. Please remind me why you're not taking this with you. I am moving to my grandparents' house that is already full. I need to weed through their stuff, and I just didn't want to add more to what I already know is a lot. Plus, I would like a fresh start. Well, this is good for me. Sold, she exclaimed. How much? Great. I am so glad that you like it and that you can use it. My gift to you. As I am learning, you need to take care of yourself. Colby smiled. Thank you. Now the issue is how to get this stuff out of here into my house. How soon do you need me to move it? She asked. I would say no later than this weekend. I am supposed to hear from my agent this afternoon. I already have two offers on the house, so I would assume that we will close by next Monday. Boy, when you set your mind to something, it happens, she commented. I grinned at her. Well, isn't that what everyone has been telling me? I declare it, and my higher self is a GPS guiding me step by step? This whole process has felt right, and... To be completely honest, I am enjoying it as well. To know that you and others are so grateful for these items gives me immense joy. These things were just stuff to me, but for you and others, it is a new start. I love being able to help. Thank you, Evie, and I do appreciate the help. Do you still have a lot to do here? She wondered. Why? I was going to take a hike, needed to get some fresh air. Do you want to join me? A big smile appeared on my face. Why are you smiling? Colby questioned. I was told to take a walk in nature today, so yes, I would love to join you. We jumped into our SUV and headed up to Red Rocks. As we drove, I complained. I can't believe I never saw a concert here. It's been years since I've seen a concert here, but I can't imagine seeing a concert inside. Music with the mountains as a backdrop is spectacular. When we arrived, 
we wound up the road and parked in one of the lower parking lots. We decided to walk the seats first to get the blood pumping, then hike the small trail around the venue. It feels so good to be out here, I commented. I definitely needed this break. Good, I thought you may need a little downtime with all that you were doing, and I wanted for us to make another memory of our friendship. She beamed at me. Thank you. This really is special. We did the short hike and found a beautiful spot to just rest and take in the scenery. So, Colby, how are you and the boys doing since Dan's death? I inquired. It is lonely at times, she started. But whenever I really need to feel him, I ask that he give me a sign. He always does. The boys understand that it was just Dan's flesh and blood that left them, that his soul is with them forever. But they can't help, and neither can I, missing the flesh and blood part of him. There are times when I just want to smell him or hear his goofy laugh. I have experienced death in my life, but I did not handle it as well as you're handling Dan's death. This is a lesson that I need to learn. Going back to my grandparents' place, I guess I should say my place, will bring up a lot of memories. Not all good. There are so many things that I did not understand, and they did not explain to me about my mother's death. Just remember, they are with you, even your mother. All you have to do is ask. I'm almost afraid to. I don't know if I really want to know. Colby placed her hand on my arm and with what seemed like an angelic voice said, When the time comes that you do, just remember, it was her journey and you have your own. I smiled at her. You always make me feel so connected. I so love that about you. I hope that we can stay in touch and that you and the boys can find some time to come out and visit. Oh, they would love that, she replied. A few hours later, after a wonderful drive and hike, we returned to my house and said our goodbyes. Colby said she would call tomorrow to arrange a time to pick up the bedroom furniture. Secretly, I was glad she hadn't taken it today, as I still needed something to sleep on. I walked into an empty house. Well, I still had a kitchen table and chairs and a few other pieces of furniture that I needed to find homes for. I grabbed my phone and gave Trinity a call. Evie, are you already on the vineyard? She asked. No, not yet, but soon. I was wondering if you were still in need of furniture. I have a kitchen table set and some other odds and ends that I need to find a home for. Interested? I probed. Almost before I could finish my sentence, she exclaimed, Yes! The bedroom set that you gave me is the nicest piece of furniture I have ever owned. It really stands out next to all the other dumpster dive pieces that I have. Can I stop by tomorrow to pick them up? She inquired. Sure, what time? If you don't mind, I can do it early, like 8.30. My friend doesn't have to be at work until 10, so that should give us plenty of time, she stated. Okay, see you at 8.30 tomorrow. Evie, 
You have been a lifesaver. Seriously, thank you. My pleasure. I hung up with Trinity, and then Matt called a few minutes later. Evie, so I have some great news. The two couples came back and gave their final offers. One came in at $725,000, and the other... Drum roll, please. He paused for dramatic effect. At 750000 I assume you're okay with the $750,000 offer? I was so dumbfounded that I didn't answer him for at least 30 seconds. Evie? Evie, you there? He questioned. Yes, yes I am. Holy shit, I can't believe they offered 750000 I said. Oh, they want all the appliances, but no furniture, he added. <laughs> Phew, good, because I've given all the furniture away, I laughed. Great, I will schedule the closing for Monday, if that works for you, he proposed. Monday works perfectly. Can we make the closing mid-morning so I can hit the road by the afternoon? We'll do my best, he responded. We hung up and then I just sat there, amazed at what had just happened. This will give me a nice nest egg to pull from as I got the island house in order and my painting business up and running. For the rest of the evening, I packed in label boxes. I had them all stacked up in the living room. I might be able to pull off a small U-Haul trailer if I kept on giving things away. As I looked around the house, I saw it was just a shell. It echoed and didn't feel warm at all. I made myself my usual peanut butter and honey sandwich, then sat at my kitchen table one last time. My television was gone, so I looked at social media, watched a little dodo, and then called it a night. I crawled into bed then realized I was supposed to tell Hendrick that I was leaving so he could give me a proper goodbye. Instead of calling him, though, I sent him a text saying that I would be heading out on Monday afternoon. No sooner than I had sent the text, my phone rang. Monday? Like five days from now, Monday? He responded. I giggled. <laughs> yes, next Monday. I accepted a very generous offer today, and we will close Monday midday, so I will be on the road thereafter. Do you need any help packing? Actually, I never asked, how are you getting your stuff back east? I'm renting a small U-Haul trailer. In the end, I have about 30 boxes and no furniture, so the move shouldn't be too bad. I will pick up the trailer tomorrow and get my car outfitted with the hitch, etc., etc., and start packing the trailer up on Friday through the weekend, I explained. There was a pause, and then Hendrick asked, May I stop by this weekend to say goodbye? An enormous smile crossed my face. That would be really nice, I gushed. Sunday, around 6 p.m., he proposed. I'll bring dinner, since you probably have nothing. Perfect. Great. It's a date, then. See you Sunday around 6. Have a great night. You as well. I hung up and rolled over in bed, grinning from ear to ear.
I wondered, when he had stated, it's a date, did he really mean a date date or something else? I tried not to think too hard about it. I was simply happy I would see him again before I left. Thursday morning, Trinity arrived at my house at 8.30 on the dot. She and her friend packed the table and chairs, some other small furniture pieces, like an end table and a side chair. Then we said our goodbyes and again promised to see each other on the island this summer. Once they left, I headed over to U-Haul to get my trailer. Driving with a trailer was harder than they said it would be, but I managed. When I got home, Colby rang and said she and some friends could be over in the afternoon to take the bedroom furniture. I'd been putting off packing my bedroom, as I didn't want to have to rummage through boxes every morning to get dressed, but now I needed to finish packing that up before this afternoon. Now that I didn't have to worry about suits anymore, packing did go rather quickly. In the back of my mind, I knew that I would need to buy more entrepreneur casual clothes, but it could wait. I finished packing the bedroom, then sat on the kitchen counter and ate my lunch, which consisted of celery, some Swiss cheese, and an apple. I had used up all my bread, so my go-to PB&H was off the menu. Next thing I knew, my doorbell rang. I answered the door for Colby. We're here, she announced. We hugged, and then she introduced her boys and a couple of other friends. I then led them upstairs to the bedroom and said, have at it. In no time, they had the bed broken down. They carefully took the dresser and nightstands down the stairs as I cautioned not to dang the walls. Within 45 minutes, my bedroom was in the back of Colby's truck. I stood in the driveway as they put the last piece in. Colby turned to me and said, Thank you for this, Evie. I will always remember you as the person who reminded me to take care of myself. Be safe on your trip back east and call any time. Remember, my house is open any time you all want to come for a visit, I reminded her. I saw the boys give each other high fives when they had heard that, which made me smile. As I drove away, I went back into the house feeling a little melancholy. My life was now in these 30-plus boxes. I lay on the floor of the living room and stared at the ceiling. Boy, I hope I knew what I was doing. I then heard, Do you trust me? Yes, I thought to myself. Do you trust yourself? Yes. We are one and the same. No, everything will work out, and it will. I said out loud, Everything will work out perfectly. I know it. Friday morning, I had absolutely nothing in my refrigerator, so I went out to my local coffee shop and grabbed a muffin and a cup of coffee, and Tatum would be stopping by to pick up the paintings. When I got home, my first task was cleaning the oven. My head was deep in the oven, trying to get that cooked-on stuff off, when I heard, Evie, are you in here? I scrambled, pushing myself out of the oven. Unfortunately, I lifted my head a little too early and smacked it on the top of the oven. Ouch! I yelled. Immediately, I saw stars. I gave myself a second, then shook my head and called out, 
I'm in the kitchen. Tatum looked at me as I stood up, rubbing my head. Are you okay? She asked. Sort of, I answered. Sorry to have startled you. I knocked, and the door was ajar, so I let myself in, she explained. No worries. I must have not closed it when I got back from breakfast. So how are you? I asked. I'm great, waiting for this amazing artist I know to get settled and start painting again, she joked. <laughs> I laughed. Well, it will be really soon. I head out on Monday. Amazing. Do you need any help? No, thank you. I am all packed. All I need to do now is give a once-over cleaning. I'm taking my time since I have all weekend to do it. Okay, if you change your mind, please let me know. Then she reached into her bag and pulled out two checks. Here you go. She handed them to me. I stared at them for a few seconds, almost not believing my eyes. I have been waiting for this for a long time, I whispered. Tatum noticed that my eyes were tearing up and came over to give me a huge hug. This is only the beginning, Evie. Know that you are incredibly talented, and this will be your life's work if you so choose. When we separated, I wiped my eyes. Give me a sec, and I will get the paintings. I ran into the studio and grabbed the two paintings. I looked at them one more time, then carried them back to the kitchen. All yours. Tatum took the paintings and looked at them too. She physically shivered and said, Your work gives me goosebumps. Please call me from the road and let me know when you get to the island. I want to make sure that you are safe and sound. Thank you, I will. We said our goodbyes, and then I electronically deposited the checks into my account. I was going to keep the physical checks so I could frame them. Matt called me later that day to say we were all good to go for Monday at 11. He texted me the directions to where we would sign the documents and reminded me to leave any extra set of keys on the counter. Friday and Saturday, I cleaned all day. So when Sunday rolled around, I was exhausted. I hadn't been sleeping well as I was on the floor, but I looked forward to today, date night with Hendrick. The house was cleaned and the trailer was packed, but for my toiletries and some clothes, I really had nothing to do but wait for tonight. I paced around an empty house, but I needed to do something. So I rummaged around in the trailer and found my paints. Then I drove down to the local art store and bought a canvas. If I had hours, I might as well use them to create something. I set up outside as I didn't want to make a mess in my clean house and propped the canvas up against a tree. I sat on the ground and stared at the canvas, a warm sensation overcoming me. I felt energy tickling the top of my head. I knew exactly what to paint. A few hours later, my painting was complete. I stepped back and smiled. Perfect. Then I realized that the day had passed and I needed to clean up, pack up my paints, and get ready for dinner with Hendrick. Right at six, I heard a car pull into my driveway. I looked at myself one more time in the bathroom mirror before I headed for the door. He rang the doorbell right as I opened the door, surprising us both. <laughs> 
Hendrix! Evie, you surprised me. He walked into the house and gave me one of his wonderful warm hugs. I took the food bags and asked, what's for dinner? I figured, since you love poke so much, that you would also enjoy Japanese. Nice, I love Japanese, I smiled. In preparation for our dinner, I had put a blanket down in the living room, setting it with paper napkins and plastic cups. He walked in and said, I love what you've done with the place. Yes, I'm into the minimalist look, I retorted. We both laughed and we sat down to dinner. The food was amazing. I didn't know if it was really that good or if it was because I'd been eating the most random things. Either way, I was having a fantastic evening. Our conversation went from work to the pandemic to family. I really enjoyed meeting your sister. She is very sweet. Thanks. She is my kid's sister. We didn't know of each other until she was almost a teenager. Our father was a... He paused. Man about town, so I have a very age-diverse family. She was getting into trouble, so I wanted to make sure that she knew she had options and that one of them was me. She lived with me until she was 18 and got through high school. From there, she got herself into college and now only stops by when she needs money or her clothes washed. I saw you two talking. What was she saying? She didn't embarrass me, did she? He asked. No, she only said wonderful things about you. You can tell she looks up to her older brother. He smiled and blushed a little. After dinner and the wonderful conversation, I got up and disappeared into the other room. When I returned, I had the painting behind my back. I wanted to give you something so that you will remember me, I told him. Evie, you didn't have to do that. You already gave me half of your furniture. What else could you possibly give me? He questioned. Close your eyes. When he did, I admired his handsome face for a moment, then held up the painting. Okay, open your eyes. Hendrick just stood there, staring, not saying a word. I actually got nervous. Do, do you like it? I stammered. Evie, this is spectacular. This is for me? Yes, I painted it today, so it may have some wet spots. I call this Hendrix Hugs. This is my interpretation of the feeling I get when you give me one of your big, warm hugs. Hendrick just stared at me, then the painting, and then I saw his eyes tear up a little. Evie, this is the kindest, most thoughtful gift anyone has ever given me. He wiped his eyes, then took in the painting again. He leaned it against the wall and gave me the biggest, most loving hug that I have ever received next to my grandmother. I didn't want to let go, and I got the sense that he didn't want it to end either. Finally, we separated, and then he held me by my shoulders and said, Evie, I have always been attracted to you since we first met, but I was in a bad place, and you 
seemed terribly busy with work. When you called me to help you find a new job, I was elated that we were connecting again. Your trust in me to help with your spiritual journey was the cue that I needed to allow myself to have feelings for you. Now you are leaving, and all I can do is be happy for you. I hope that we can stay in touch. I love having you in my life. I didn't know what to say. I just looked at him, then went in for another hug, burying my face into his chest. When I finally pulled myself together, I pushed away and said, Thank you. I didn't know what tonight was going to be like. I knew we were friends, but I didn't dare think further than that. To hear you say this makes me so happy and sad at the same time. We both knew that this was something that I had to do, and if it was meant to be, it would be. It was getting late, and I had a big day tomorrow. Hendrick gave me the leftovers for breakfast and carefully picked up his painting. I followed him to his car, where we embraced one more time before he left. I promised to call him on my trip and to let him know that I made it safe and sound. I floated back to the house, where I fell onto the floor, just beaming with joy. What a night. Not only did he like my painting, but he liked me as well. Monday morning hit with a bang. I woke up startled, not knowing what time it was. I had actually fallen asleep rolled up in the blanket that we had our picnic on. I grabbed my phone. Shit, it was 9 a.m. I ran upstairs, jumped in the shower, and then pulled on my most comfortable but nice clothes that I had left out. Once I was dressed, I packed the last of my clothes, blankets, and toiletries in an open box, then brought it out to the trailer. I grabbed the leftover Japanese food and nuked it for a few minutes. Then I took my breakfast and walked the house, making sure that I hadn't left anything behind. Everything looked great. I put my extra set of keys on the kitchen counter, cleaned out the refrigerator of the remaining condiments, and put it all in the garbage. Then I brushed my teeth, grabbed my bag and phone, and headed out to the car. I made sure that I had a mask for the closing. Things were definitely opening up, but there were still office building protocols. I walked outside and closed the door to my house one last time. How symbolic. I was also closing the door to my old life. I smiled, knowing that there were so many more doors that were opening all around me. I checked the trailer hitch on the U-Haul before I got into my car, and as I was walking around, Sue came out of her house. Evie, I'm really sorry to see you go, but I'm very happy that you're doing something that you love, she said. Thanks, Sue. I truly appreciate that. I hope on your journey you also find your happiness. Remember to listen to your heart. I got to the closing a few minutes early and met Matt outside. Are you ready? he asked. Ready as I'll ever be. The closing went as planned, and I thanked Matt for all of his help, then checked my account to make sure the deposit had hit. With a big smile, I got into my car and headed out to start the newest chapter of my life. Four long days, nine states, a flat tire, 
horribly unhealthy food, and I finally arrived in Woods Hole. My boat reservation was at four, but I got there early and asked if I could get on an earlier boat, but I was told that there were no standbys. Therefore, I spun around and headed to the local grocery store in Falmouth to pick up a few things so I would have at least a little food in the house. I got in line with an hour to spare, turned off the car, and closed my eyes. In another two hours, I would be home, I thought. I must have fallen asleep because the next thing I knew I was hearing cars honking. They were already boarding. Yikes! I turned the car on and slowly drove onto the boat. Luckily, they had me drive down the center, (laughs) probably because they knew that I couldn't maneuver the trailer that well. Once all the cars were loaded, I went upstairs to grab a chowder and a beer. It had been so long since I had been here that I didn't recognize what boat I was on. No matter. They still had beer, and that was what I needed. I found a seat inside next to the window and watched as we pulled away. The ocean was so beautiful. The view was breathtaking. I went out onto the deck and could feel my hair expanding as it soaked up all the moisture. I grabbed a tie out of my bag and quickly pulled my hair back so I didn't scare any animals or small children. Then I just sat out on the deck until I was beckoned by the loudspeaker for drivers to return to their vehicles. This was the last leg of my trip. I was almost there. As I sat in the car waiting for my turn to unload, I felt an excitement come over me. Finally, I was given the okay to start my car and drive off. I slowly exited the boat and, just like that, I turned into a child again, excited to see my grandparents. Driving up island, even at dusk, I was overtaken by the beauty. Ocean, woods, brightly colored homes, I had forgotten how gorgeous this place was. Funny how I instinctively knew where I was going. I finally reached my dirt road, turned in, and proceeded to hit every bump and hole, almost knocking the trailer off its hitch. Need to work on that when I get some time, I thought to myself. I pulled up to the house, parked, and then walked up the overgrown shell driveway. At the door, I put in the key and, for a second, I swear, I heard my grandmother calling my name. I opened the door and took a deep breath in. Musty, but familiar. I realized this was it. This was my happy place. This was home. Today's episode is brought to you by Healing Words Customized Meditations, written for you and only you. To learn more, visit www.healingwords.online. Reminder, when you declare something, your higher self serves as your GPS, guiding you step by step.